0: Today's episode of The Secrets Women Keep is brought to you by my six-month one-to-one process where you take off all the masks that are holding you back and become your own version of the fully expressed and integrated woman you know you can be. Welcome to The Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, madam of a secret society, author of Permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and remove the mask. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today's episode is big. It's bigger than big, actually. It's huge. And I won't lie, I have mixed feelings and sensations, but I can't ignore the biggest one of them, which is trust. I completely trust that what I'm about to share is going to fall onto the people that need to hear it. I completely trust that this is speaking to this piece is going to allow me to feel more integrated. I completely trust that These words and my story will cement another piece of my identity so that you can cement another piece of your identity and not show up in life so afraid and be more whole and dynamic and unapologetic about who you are and what you stand for, and what gives your life meaning and texture. I'm not even 100% sure where or how to start this, and I'm really showing up to the mic and allowing things to flow rather than sitting here and umming and ahhing and writing out a big plan for how all of this can sound articulate or how it can be received in the clearest, like least edgy kind of way. I can't control that. I am completely in trust, completely in surrender. I feel like a part of my identity that has been in the private realm, no. Has been in the secret realm of my life. My whole life, since I was cognizant of it, is how I identify sexually, what my feelings are sexually, what, uh, who I'm attracted to sexually. And before I go on, I just want to highlight the difference between private and secret. Secret has a sense of, well, I would feel shame if someone found out about this, or this needs to remain so hidden that I either can only tell one person or I can't tell anyone, or what happened between me and this person is so, would be so frowned upon or would generate so much shame within us, or we would be shamed for it that I can't tell anyone. Whereas private feels more like, well, I would prefer people to not know that about me. I would like to keep that out of the public realm. But if people found out that thing about me, then I would probably feel another mix of emotions or another echelon of emotions, but it probably wouldn't quite be shame. It's like, the reason why I do what I do is that when we hold secrets, when we hold, we can never be fully expressed. We just can't. We can't be in holding and we can't be in our fullest expression and the guest episode with Laura Husson really drove that home, in the secrets of your subconscious. And I got asked tonight, what you know, what piece isn't in alignment when it comes to your work? And this was the first thing I thought of. I thought it's my sexuality, it's my sexual identity, it's my eroticism, it's. It's something that I have no doubt can be felt and can be and is insinuated, and people might speculate about um, knowingly or unknowingly, consciously or unconsciously. But I thought that's the piece for me that's not in alignment. And if it's not in alignment for me showing up in the world, I know for a fact. There are millions of women where this fact of their identity is not reconciled and it's not integrated and it's coming out in ways that aren't serving them, aren't serving you, aren't serving me. So when I think back to high school, I went to an all-girls school and I had so many crushes on boys that I saw on the train and on the ferry <laughs> and going to school I going ferry to school very very <laughs> very privileged and when I think to when I started working at McDonald's in high school, I started getting crushes on boys really interestingly though. When I look back in my journals, there was a really significant female relationship that I had. And when I say relationship, it was a friendship. In all honesty, when I read it, it reads a bit like a crush. Like I didn't want to be in a relationship with her, but I definitely, or be her girlfriend, but I definitely felt, had strong feelings for her. I cared for her deeply I cared for her well-being I was very protective of her and um part of what you know heightened that crush that I had on her was that she moved away and really 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 far away and yeah, it's it's really interest it's really fascinating for me cuz I forget I forget about these things and these aspects of my life that are all influential as to how I explore myself and how I identify and I find labels real I find all the labels prob- problematic, constricting, restrictive. Um if I needed to put a label on my identity, it would definitely be bisexual. But even that, it just still feels feels dated. It feels um like the word "bi" mean, meaning one or the other. I just I just feel like I'm Lauren. <laughs> I just feel like I'm just me. And this is, and I like people, and I like fantasizing about different kinds of people. And um, I've had some really close, beautiful relationships with men and women in my life, sexual, friendship, erotic, charged, illicit, forbidden, all of them. I've had them with men and women, and I love that. I, lo- I love and value that I've got that texture in my life. As always I digress. I yeah I kept in contact with uh the girl that I now you know kind of put that I, I put it as I had a crush on her and uh ended up falling in love with the boy and really didn't explore really felt so enamored with this boy and other boys that came along that Maybe that part of my uh romanticism for other women was put on a like it was like put to the side. I was so focused and so caught up in getting validation from boys and men, they're all boys really <laughs> from boys that I didn't pursue or fantasize really about women and Yeah, it just took all my attention. Boys took all my attention. Like how I was always, I was obsessed with how I could be validated by them, how I could be seen by them, how I could be, um, rescued by them. It was all very tragic and very dramatic at times. (laughs) Caught up in my early twenties of, um, yeah, just having a lot of unmet needs and, Thinking that, you know, the old trap of when this boy loves me or validates me or sees me or tells me I'm worthy, then I'll feel worthy. Then I'll feel whole and then I won't have to search. And yeah, then I'll exist and then I'll be real and then I'll be integrated and all those things that never really actually happen because it's up to you to make that shit happen. It's not on another person to make you feel whole make you feel integrated. It's just that's, that's uh, you know, that's completely, it's a faux pas. It completely doesn't make sense is what I've come to find out through this work over the last 20 years. So when it came to getting together with Ed, I was very lucky, very fortunate, and I shouldn't be lucky or fortunate, but the reality is, I am, that I could have someone that I could talk to about uh, my identity and uh, who I'm attracted to and who I like. And I'm with someone that's completely in love with me but also not possessive and not the jealous kind. And we've been able to have these dialogues over the years about my uh preferences about what turns me on and that's been absolutely incredible the reality of it is that it has waxed and waned over the years sometimes it's felt so important to me like this is this is at the forefront of my life this is something that i have to do something with right now And then other times it's felt like the last thing, the last priority. It's not important. And naturally, falling pregnant, being postpartum, that's been very influential as to how much of a priority my sexual identity is. It's always there. That's what I want to emphasize. Even when I'm not thinking about it, even when I'm not feeling sexual even when i've been depressed even when um you know whatever life throws at you this just will all lay under the surface it I, it never goes away you might not think about it or you might not you know you might not be very ex- sexually expressive but it's always there so i'm listening to that now i'm are very aware of that now. And I've just been like, oh, it's here and it's here to stay. I don't think there'll ever be a moment in my life where I'm not interested in both men and women. It might happen. It might shift. It might change. I might only be interested in men for the next 50 years. I might only be interested in women for the next 50 years. Who knows? I'm not going to put any. I'm not going to bet on any of this. And I think anyone that bets on their sexuality as being a fixed thing has some stuff, (laughs) has um, some stuff that's unreconciled. I truly believe that more people are interested in sexual expression with a variety of identities and bodies than anyone will ever care to admit. I get that this is still so taboo. I get that it's unacceptable. What I found interesting when I felt into whether I should talk about this is all conditions, the conditions of my life. So I thought if I was single, I'd talk about this openly. But the fact that I'm in a relationship with a man, I felt was an instant barrier. What would these people think? What would my, what would, what would people around us think? What would, what would everyone think? Would everyone would everyone question my efficacy in what I do because I'm more, I can't be contained, I can't be compartmentalised, I can't be put into a box, I can't be, um, I questioned whether if I came out about this whether people would think that maybe I couldn't serve them as well because I'm not, In this heterosexual niche, and this is all my own stuff. And I came to the conclusion that if there's someone that can't handle this, someone that can't hold this, someone that just cannot come to terms with this and will shun me for it, then there's no way they are worthy of a place in my life, and there's no way that there are worthy of a place in my work. So, yeah, I thought about it and then I thought, fuck that shit. (laughs) This is me. This is the peace that when I let go, when I surrender, when I reveal in a way that feels good, right and true for me, then my subconscious won't be in such a holding state i'm not going to feel so stressed about what if some what if this information gets into the wrong hands i get to control the information by speaking on my own podcast about it i get to be in control of how i tell my story i get to be in control as to what I share from this point on. And when you're not holding a secret anymore, it's so liberating. And this is the weird thing. I feel like this is the paradox. I feel like I can be more selective and discerning about how I talk about my sexual identity because I've talked about it. If I didn't say anything, then I don't know what anyone out there would guess or um, run with or make up about me. It's like something Angel Phoenix said in her episode about the secrets of death and rebirth. She said something along the lines "If if I'm just open about all my secrets, then no one can use anything against me. And it feels the same way. It's like, oh, it's out there. And people are going to think about this for two seconds and move on. Or some people, it's going to stay with them because there's a piece for them to put that they can explore and experiment with in their own life. All I know is that feeling free is one of my highest values and being in holding doesn't let me feel free. It's the opposite of free. It's contraction, it's um, it's restraint, it's imprisonment, mm. and I know that women that I've served and women that I am serving and will, women that I will serve in the future will benefit from this because I've had them ask the question, what does it mean when I fantasise about women? What does it say about me? What does it say about my sexual identity? And I'll share with you what I shared with them. Really, sometimes it's about you feeling the turn on of being turned on, of you exploring yourself, of you watching erotica or porn and seeing yourself reflected back, seeing how you could be in more enjoyment and more pleasure than you are right now. And really, sometimes it's all about you. Sometimes it's not even necessarily a desire to, that you need to act on in your real actual life. Sometimes it's something to play with in your mind and in your fantasy world and to enjoy because it helps you learn more about you. It helps you go into a deeper relationship with yourself. Fantasizing about being with women can be about it feeling safe for you to receive, about it feeling safe for you to be seen by other women, by it, like it can be about it feeling safe for you to explore. With someone in your mind that would understand your body on a whole and your spirit and your psyche on a whole different level. Not every fantasy or wet dream or like orgasm that you have in your sleep, sleepgasm, is about, okay, this means that I have to do this thing in real life. This means I have to act on this thing. It might, but it might not. That's totally individual. So I want to normalize that there's more bi-curiosity, bisexuality, like bi interests out there than we will ever, ever be able to grasp. And really, I think so much of it is about trying to understand ourselves. And yes, it's about plain and simple turn on, and we can't control that sometimes. But I really think at the crux of a lot of it is about really wanting to know and understand ourselves in a way that feels safe and familiar. Because we've often had, if we're all identify as women, we've often had female friendships and connections that go back, you know, way, 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 back um from when we we're very, very, very young. So you might when it comes to me revealing this to you and what you do with this information for yourself, just sit with it. Go for a walk and think about it. Think about what you want to do with your own version of this information, because I know lots of you have your own version of this. It might not be exactly like mine. Um, you might not have ever been with women before, but... There's something there to explore, and not everything has to be in a box, and not everything has to have a really neat label on it. Like I said, I'm, you know, reluctant to even use a label to describe me. I just like what I like, <laughs> and I love, I love who I love, and I have deep love and respect for people who identify as men and people who identify as women, and that's me that's very much me. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know, but I. all I know is I trust. I trust that me revealing, me being me, me being fully expressed, me taking another step into integration as in coming out today and in coming out with some of my internal struggles and um and with depression, with my hearing, with all sorts of things. I don't even know what I've revealed. I've revealed what's right. <laughs> I'm sure there's other solo episodes in the future that um will reveal other things I'm not even cognizant of right now. I'm not even conscious of right now. Because there's always more. There is always more. Um What I do know is I love myself. I love my identity, my identities. I don't just have one. I love that I'm in a position that where I can feel free enough to talk about this in a very public way. I love that the work never stops. I love that... uh, I love that I'm privileged enough to be in a society where I can talk about this where I can say hey I'm drawn to I'm drawn to both men and women and I you know looking back I have been my whole life in my exploration in what I've done through my body who I've been with it's been incredible and I love where my fantasy mind goes and where and how powerful our fantasy life can be for enjoying the things that feel taboo or feel impossible or feel like they're just too far out of reach in our reality. That's what I love about where we can go internally and why understanding ourselves. And being good with ourselves can make that internal experience so rich that it doesn't matter where we are or what our surrounds are like or what our environment's like. We can give ourselves permission to go so deep into our own beautiful imagination where there are textures and colors that don't even exist in the real world where there are sensations that don't even exist in the real world. That's what I love about knowing yourself and not being afraid to go inward is these Willy Wonka worlds that you can create, and that just feels endless to me. Right? I will do my best to bring my fantasy world into my reality when it feels right for me, when it feels good, when it gets my full consent. And I mean that in regards to everything, not just my sexuality, because there are lots of even though I've said what I've said, there are aspects that I do want to remain private, and that is like that is well within my you know my prerogative to do that. I have moved my sexuality from secret to public, to private, to public, but not the whole thing is not going to be in the public realm. That makes no sense to me as someone who's studied sex and talked to people about sex. I think there are lines. I know there are lines. I know that there are boundaries, but what I want to say is I'm excited about what's ahead and I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. The work that I've done, the trainings that I've done have taught me that there are incredibly safe ways to explore yourself um, that are safe and consensual. And what I really want to say is it can be safe for you to have your identity around your sexuality. Identity isn't even the right word. It's not even the right word. It's just the best word I've got. (laughs) Your feelings about your sexual expression actually feels a lot better. It's safe for you to have them and it's healthy for you to have them move from the secret to the private realm. You don't have to take the leap from, the secret realm to the public realm. In fact, I recommend you don't. It's too it's going to be too much for your body and psyche and nervous system to go from that holding state to that I'm fully open and expressive state. And I feel like I've witnessed people do that and it can leave you with a vulnerability hangover. I believe that we can be vulnerable without the hangover part, that we get the vulnerability hangover when we've just leapt into, I'm going to reveal all. And retreats, especially our personal growth and development tr- retreats have a lot to answer for when it comes to Uh, in some ways demanding that we be vulnerable about our identity and our histories and what we've experienced and what's happened to us consensual otherwise. And I want to reassure you, you don't need to do that. That you can edge something from the secret into the private by writing about it. You can... You can write to yourself about what your experiences are and get them out of you. So, and then burn it if you want. So it's still private, but it's got less of a hold over you. It's not in completely in the dark recesses of your mind that there's been some form of release. What I started doing over the years was in safe ways just saying to people, blah, 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 bye, because I'm bye. But it was with a few selective people, and I said it like, no, just say it like it's just a part of me, but it, I could say it in that really nonchalant way because I trusted them and I trusted myself. And that felt right for me to do this piece-by-piece process around how I experience Sex and what goes on in my mind and in my responses. And that's something that you can do for yourself as well. There's no right or wrong way to go about it. Sometimes having a safe and trusted person isn't available to us. And as you've heard me say many times, we need to enlist the support of someone who is a professional, who can be there to help you in the release of what you've held on to for so long, in the release of moving something from secret to private so you can feel better about yourself and where you stand and what you stand for and what your desires are and what you want your life to look and feel like. There's no point staying in holding anymore if you live in a society where you have the freedom to express yourself in a way that feels good, right, and true for you. We're getting these permission slips over and over and over again nowadays with social media and who comes out in terms of their gender identity and their sexual expression, and we all have our own time. So I'm not saying this with any pressure or force, but it's something to feel into. Might be something that you want to take action on right now. It might be something that you want to sit with for a number of months. Might be something that you don't feel ripe to tackle or approach at this point in time because of everything else going on. All I'll say is it will emerge at some point. Your true feelings about sex and desire will emerge at some point. It's it's what I've witnessed over and over again. And I decided that I no longer wanted my feelings about sex to be in the shadows and to be restrained because I'm in a modern day marriage. And I actually don't want anyone assuming that I'm purely heterosexual because I know that there are lots of women and lots of men out there that are in committed relationships that aren't purely heterosexual either. <laughs> there are lots of people. I didn't want it to be there to be some rule that, like, oh, I would say something about this if I was single, but not if I was married. So you go make up your own rules. Seriously, make up your own rules about how you want to approach this, about what you want to say, about who you want to say it to, when you want to say it. Just there are no, there is no prescription. It's just, it's about what feels good and right for you. And remember that this is all in the name of you not having all of these internal battles anymore about who you are and... How you're made up and what you're hardwired for, and how you experience pleasure and what you enjoy. This is all about freeing you from those shackles of, I've got to stay in my box, and that affecting your body and, oh, your sense of liberation and freedom and everything. Everything. God speaking out feels good. <laughs> god it feels good um i hope you've enjoyed today's episode i hope it's given you something to mull on for yourself um i have said this equally for you and equally for me that's what i love about these forms of sharing is i've benefited from revealing and i know i know and i trust that there will be certain women and people listening that benefit from hearing this. And for that, I am truly honoured, truly honoured to be in this position, to use my platform in this way. And I'm excited about the future. I'm so excited about us being multifaceted and... Not having one thing equals something else. Like marriage does not equal se- heterosexuality, does not equal this, does not equal, like for it to just be way more fluid and open and personal and individual. I'm really excited and I'm really excited about raising my children in a way where we are so comfortable to say, your future boyfriend or girlfriend or person who you love. I love that. I love that they're growing up in a way where they don't feel like they have to get married, that they have to only, that they can only like boys because they're girls. And oh, I love that we can throw all the old rules out the window and that they have the power to choose and that they know that they can come to us and that we're a safe place to talk about who it is that they have a crush on. I think that's incredibly – I'm just really, really honoured, really honoured that we're in this position and I don't take it for granted at all. I have so much gratitude for where I am now and for where my kids are going to be as teenagers, as adults in this world, in the world that we're currently forming by speaking up, speaking out and getting real about who we are and what goes on in our internal world. If you're free internally, you are free full stop. I really, like, I really stand by that. If you're free internally, you are free full stop. Freedom is not what's on the outside of your life, although it can be fun and it can be an extension of what's on the inside. But really, it's all about being free on the inside. And that's what turns me on. If this episode has brought up things within you that you need to talk about with someone who you can trust, where... If you are keen to be integrated, if you are keen to feel fully expressed, if you are keen to have more of a voice, if you know you need to have more of a voice and have congruence between what goes on in the inside of your mind and body and what happens on the outside, then... I am here for you. My one-to-one process is deep, it's personal, it's individualized, and it's tailored to exactly what you need and what you need to share in order to be integrated, whole, and fully expressed. That's what this is all about so that you can have your own personal taste of freedom. You, me, and six months – to be seen, heard, and understood just as you are. And we're going to look at all of the parts of you, especially the unseen. If this speaks to you, apply now, and we will have a connection call. And from there, your life, or should I say your experience of your life is going to change for the better. Expect full transformation. Yes! (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in, for your support. It means so much, and I can't wait to see you all out in the world in your peacock feathers. I'm going to be out in my peacock feathers cheering you on and... Let's go do this together.